from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Shalom and welcome, friends, to the podcast as we start a new four-part series about the holiday of Hanukkah. Because of its proximity to Christmas, Hanukkah is probably one of the most well-known Jewish holidays. And like Christmas, it is a celebration of miracles and light with a message of faith, hope, courage, and deliverance that is so relevant for Christians and Jews today. And just as many in the States decorate their homes and trees with dozens of twinkling lights during the season, Jews bring the light of the season to others by lighting a menorah. The word menorah means lamp in Hebrew, and the menorahs that we light on Hanukkah are nine branched candelabras. There is one tall branch, usually in the middle, and eight shorter branches of the same height, four on each side of the tallest branch. It is fashioned after the menorah that was lit in the tabernacle and later in both holy temples in Jerusalem. So this is going back to an ancient practice. You and your family probably have a favorite place to go and see the holiday lights. But here in Israel, one of the best places to go and see the lights of the menorahs on Hanukkah is the old city of Jerusalem. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love walking through the winding ancient cobblestone streets with my kids and seeing almost every house glowing with Hanukkah candles are placed both inside the house by the window and outside of the home in their yard. We look at all of the menorahs lit in front of everyone's house, and you can often tell how many people live in the house because each family member will light their own menorah. The old city of Jerusalem on Hanukkah is full of light. Many houses have special niches in their front gates to place a few menorahs. But if their family is very large, they'll fill up these niches and then place more menorahs on tables and even chairs, sometimes placing them right on the sidewalk. Their beautiful light makes the houses glow, illuminating the streets that haven't changed in 2,000 years. Since the time of the Hanukkah story itself, you're taken back to that time. And as we head towards the Kotel, the Hebrew word for the Western Wall, the last standing wall of the Second Temple, my kids and I on Hanukkah and my amazing husband, we pass by a six-foot-tall golden replica of the real menorah that once stood in the holy temple. It's the same measurements, the same material, exactly the same, but rebuilt now, and which now stands encased in glass, waiting for the third temple to be rebuilt. And it's the menorah that the people of Israel light now, today. It's a favorite gathering place, and it always has crowds of people around it. Sometimes there are thousands of people who come from all across Israel and all across the world to see this huge, giant menorah next to the Kotel be lit. 
It makes sense that Hanukkah is also known as the Festival of Lights. But the truth is the story of Hanukkah is so inspiring. It's so much more than what can be thought of or summarized in this name of three words, Festival of Lights. It goes so much deeper. It's a stirring story of courage and faith and hope about a tiny group of faithful fighters called the Maccabees who defeated not only the mighty Greek army, but who also stood up against the culture and their corrupted ideas based on immorality, idolatry, and selfishness. So much that we could, in a little way, relate to today. The story of the Maccabees is a call to all people of faith in all generations to be courageous and to stand up for our values and our beliefs against immoral culture and to realize even if you are one of a few, you can still make a huge impact against the masses. It's a story that inspires me and that I hope will inspire you as well. One of the interesting things to know about Hanukkah is that it's the only Jewish holiday not mentioned in the Torah. This is because the story of Hanukkah occurred 256 years after the last book in the Jewish Bible was written, the book of Malachi. But Hanukkah is mentioned in the Christian Bible. John 10.22 tells us that Jesus came to the temple in Jerusalem during the holiday of Hanukkah. So we see very clearly Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. The other interesting thing is that even though Jews have been celebrating Hanukkah for over 2,000 years, we didn't have the complete historical record of the Maccabees because it wasn't included in the Torah. So we only know the full story of the Maccabees because Christians preserved the historical record of the Maccabees. In fact, some Christian Bibles include the book of Maccabees in their canon. That is such a beautiful fact to know, because while Jews can thank Christians for preserving the story of Hanukkah, Christians can thank the Maccabees for preserving and keeping the Jewish faith alive, and therefore, your faith. So who were the Maccabees? Quite simply put, the Maccabees are the heroes of the Hanukkah story. But did you know that in the beginning there was only one Maccabee? Maybe you've heard of him, Judah the Maccabee. The word Maccabee comes from the Hebrew word makabet, which is a strong hammer or a mallet. It's an appropriate name for Judah because he was a hammer for God, hammering out God's enemies. Later, it came to be the name for the whole group of heroes because their battle cry was from Exodus 15.11. Their battle cry was this, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Mi kamocha be'elim Adonai, who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. In Hebrew, the first line of the scriptures, who among the gods is like you, Lord, is said, just like I said before, mi kamocha be'elim Adonai. And the acronym for that line spells out the word makabi. If you repeat that line in Hebrew, listen to the first letter of every word. Mi kamocha ba'elim Adonai. Do you hear it? It sounds exactly like makabi. How dedicated they must have been to God to call out the lines from Exodus as they went into battle. They knew that their salvation, that their strength, that their success will only come from the Lord. 
Before we get more into the story of the amazing, courageous Maccabees, I'm going to set the stage for the Hanukkah story, starting with the destruction of the first temple. Do you remember by who? By the Babylonians in 587 BCE. After the temple was destroyed, the remaining Jews in Israel were exiled for 70 years in Persia. Through a series of God-orchestrated events, the Jews eventually were led back to Jerusalem under the leadership of Ezra and Nehemiah. Over a number of years, they rebuilt the city walls around Jerusalem and rebuilt the temple. At the same time this was happening, the Greek Empire exploded and spread far and wide to its eastern borders where modern-day Spain is, down to Egypt, up to Macedonia, and far west into India. Now, what little country is right in the middle of that empire? That's right, Israel. It was very important to the Greeks to spread their culture to all the lands they ruled. And in most countries, the new Greeks were happy to accept the new religion and culture. And even in Israel, some of the Jews decided that they wanted to fit in with the Greeks. These Jews were called the renegades, which is an apt word for what they were doing. They were also called Mityavanim, which comes from the Hebrew word for the country Greece, which is called in Hebrew Yavan. In English, we call them Hellenized Jews. These Jews decided that they really wanted to dress and act like the Greeks. And at the top of their list, they wanted to work out in the Greek gymnasiums and compete in the sports competitions. It was assimilation. Despite this group of Jews, the Greeks decided that not enough of the Jews in Israel were fitting into their empire well enough. So they sent armies to force the Jews to give up their faith. Eventually, they heavily taxed the Jews and outlawed the main Jewish practices under the penalty of death, such as keeping the Shabbat, Torah study, circumcision, and keeping kosher. You see, they weren't looking just to go and conquer the Jews and kill them. They wanted to kill their spirit, kill their faith. In the Hanukkah story, just like in many other biblical accounts of God's miraculous provision, just when you might think all hope is lost, God shows us the path. And, th- and so that is where we learn about Matthias, a Jewish priest serving in the temple. He couldn't stomach to watch the Greeks and the Hellenized Jews defiling the temple in Jerusalem. So he moved from Jerusalem to the city of Modi'in with his five sons. One of the things I really love about living in Israel is that we are surrounded by the stories of the Bible. The stories of the Bible come alive before our eyes. We live in this ancient biblical homeland. We don't only live, we also work where these events actually took place. In fact, the fellowship's offices in Israel just moved from Jerusalem to Modi'in. And the name of the street the office is on is called Dam HaMakabim, which means the blood of the Maccabees. It's actually referencing a beautiful flower that they have in Israel, that this beautiful red flower in the modern language of Hebrew, they name Dam HaMakabim, the blood of the Maccabees. But it really all comes together. How cool is that? The heroes of our story actually lived and walked and maybe even fought the Greeks right here where the fellowship offices are. It's amazing. Every time I walk into the office, whether it's in Modi'in or Jerusalem, I feel these stories giving me strength. 
So let's get back to Matthias and his five sons. In English, they're called John, Gadi, Simon Thassi, Judah Maccabeus, Eliezer Avaran, and Jonathan Aphos. Matthias, being a priest and a godly man, became a leader of people in Modi'in. The Greek officials heard that they were remaining faithful to God, and they were very upset. So they sent a government official to set up an altar in the center of the Modi'in town and make, force people to serve idols or be put to death. The official asked Matthias, as a leader, to bring the first sacrifice, and while he was refusing to do so, another Jew stepped forward and did it, brought the sacrifice for him. You know what Matthias then did? He grabbed the sword of the official and killed both the Jew who gave the tribute, who gave that sacrifice, and the Greek official. He made a statement. And when he did it, Matthias called out, Mi la Hashem Eli. What that means is, whoever is for God, join me. This again is directly from the Bible. Exodus 32, 26. We see over and over again that the strength of these individuals fighting against a world power was found in the Bible, in them joining God. When they started battling the Greek army, they began using their more famous battle cry, and that was the beginning of the group who became known as the Maccabees. Suddenly, it wasn't just one person. It was many of them. Almost nothing compared to this world power of the Greeks. But the Maccabees were a tiny army nonetheless, with a lot of faith. And their battle cry, Mi kamocha ba'elim Adonai. Do you remember that from the beginning? Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Even though they were much weaker and smaller in number than the Greek army, which at the time of the Hanukkah story was the most powerful army in the world, the Maccabees were strong in their faith. And the Maccabees were serving a much more powerful commander. They were following God, proving to us all what having courage and faith can accomplish. It can accomplish anything. I want to tell you a story that really illustrates how powerful our small acts of courage can be, even today, and how they can lead to miracles for others. This is a story of courage and faith that took place not thousands of years ago, less than a hundred years ago during the Holocaust, from one of our recipients in our With Dignity and Fellowship program. It's a person, one of 15,000 elderly in Israel who are poor, who are old, and who the fellowship brings food to every single week. This person's name is Evgenia Arayev, who is 90 years old. Evgenia was born in a small town in Ukraine, the second daughter to very religious parents. In June of 1941, they heard that the war had broken out all around them, and a few weeks later, a neighbor ran to their door, screaming that the Germans were coming to round up all the Jews. Evgenia's family was fortunate enough to quickly gather up as many things as they could and escape in a horse and cart. They even managed to collect her elderly grandmother. As a deeply religious man, her father trusted in God's plan for them. And so they set off not even knowing where it was safe for Jews. They just left where they knew the Nazis were coming to, and they kept traveling in whatever direction appeared open. 
One of their first days on the road, they were hiding in the barn of a kind woman. After being there only a short time, the woman told them to leave as quietly and quickly as they could. She had learned that some men in town had heard that Jews were staying in the barn, and they planned to come and steal the horse and cart from Evgenia's family. The woman begged them to go quietly because if the men knew that she had tipped them off, they surely would kill her. It would kill all of them. So they took the horse and they went on the horse, helping them to move a little bit faster. And there were many times that moving faster actually saved their lives. One night they were crossing a long bridge and the second they reached the other side, a German plane bombed it. They realized very clearly that if they had been even seconds slower, their entire family would have been wiped out in a flash. The bridge was bombed the second they made it to the other side. Thank God they eventually safely made it to Russia, where they stayed until the end of the war. The kind woman who had hidden them probably had no idea that in simply telling Evagina's family to leave, that she actually saved their lives over and over again. Sometimes it's hard to see how small acts of courage can be miracles to others. Certainly, Matetheus, in taking that one courageous step, had no idea it would lead to that tiny group of pious Jews, the Maccabees, defeating the mighty Greek army. He saw what was right to do in the moment. He saw that making a statement that he won't bow down to any other God, only to our Father in heaven, he saw that that was the right thing to do at that moment. He didn't realize how he would end up going down in history for the miracle and movement that he created. It wasn't easy. It took them three long years, but they succeeded in liberating the temple in Jerusalem and driving the enemy from their midst. When the fighters arrived at the temple, they were devastated to find it completely desecrated. Filled with faith, they cleaned it up. They removed the idols and rededicated the temple on the 25th day of the Hebrew month of Kislev, which is the exact same date of Hanukkah that we celebrate today. It took another 25 years to fully defeat the Greeks, but the Maccabees' courage and faith were the turning point in history that brought down the world's strongest empire. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, we find God telling Joshua, the new leader of the children of Israel, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God tells us the very same thing today. Christmas and Hanukkah are a time to remember that it's not just about celebrating light. It's being the light. We worship and serve a God who is totally unique and powerful. He alone is able to perform mighty deeds for us, for those who love and turn to him. He alone is able to be with us wherever we go. We don't need to fear this world. God alone is able to intervene in human history and work miracles on behalf of his people. And we never need to be afraid because we know that when we turn to God, he is always with us. I know that sometimes I get nervous and fearful in certain situations. But then I just remember that God is always with me that I'm not alone, 
and that every small step of courage that we can take can impact the life of someone else. We never may know what lasting legacy a small act of courage can have. So this week, I want to ask all of us to be a Maccabee. Think of a situation, whether at work, home, school, or your neighborhood, where you can speak out and take action for what is right, even if most people might disagree. Speak up for the one true God and those values of loving kindness and take courage from him. When we remember that he is always with us, that he is always on our side, then we can be strong and courageous, just like the Maccabees. Let your battle cry be heard this week. Whether you're walking into a difficult situation at work or navigating a broken relationship at home, call out. Call out to God, and I know he will answer you. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? When we turn to God, he comes to us. Shavuot tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week. And join me next week as we look at the other miracle of Hanukkah, the olive oil that lasted for eight days. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.